Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's Alive, you're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable here on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. I'm Curtis R. Monday, your host. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. We've got a phenomenal show lined up for you today. It's all about the Game Changers, a show dedicated to the great alum who are part of the 40 Game Changers, 40 individuals under 40. we got a new class being inducted next week. And for the most of this month, we've had the honor and privilege of talking to past uh, alum uh, who have come back on the show. And today, coming up at uh, at 9.35, uh, my brother, no stranger here to the WVON family, the one and only Professor Rashid Carter, professor, tenure professor of economics and business at Harold Washington College. We come up about 9.35. Coming up about 9.20 or so, we got Mr. Jordan Sorrell, Director of Public Policy and Research uh, for Cook County Commissioner Stanley Moore, the 4th District. And so keep it locked here on the only show that matters, the, w, the Urban Business Roundtable. If you are listening to the Urban Business Roundtable for the first time, we call it UBR. And it's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and the small business owner. we got three primary goals here uh, on the Urban Business Roundtable. One, to redefine the word urban and to help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. Right? We want to let you know it's power in the word urban. Two, to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. And three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. You can listen to... The Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning here on WVON 1690 AM. Uh, or if you're not listening in Chicago, you can catch it on iHeartRadio from 9 a.m. I'll catch it on iHeartRadio again every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And can catch the condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6.05 uh, p.m. So I want to say uh, thank you uh, to God for allowing me to have this opportunity again. I'm praying always that the meditation of of my uh, heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. I appreciate you. I want to say thanks to everyone that made uh, Chance Jordan, a.k.a. Chance the Baby, my son. He celebrated his second birthday, his second year of life. And I want to thank you. That's right. Yeah. Chance the Baby, man. Just leaps and bounds. is growing and developing. And I want to say thank you to everyone that for your outpouring of love and, and support uh, for him that made his birthday uh, a success despite COVID. Uh, the kid truly has a village that loves him, and I thank you. Special thanks to uh, his mom, Carla. Um, hey, the only reason, the only way that, that I can do what I can do, what I'm able to do in terms of my entrepreneur aspirations and moving around the way that I do is that uh, I have a, a, a partner who, uh, it's phenomenal, phenomenal mother, and she does a phenomenal job with him, a great job with him, attentive, uh, responsible with him, and nurtures him, uh, and really takes the pressure off me and allows me to do what I need to do. Um, and so I appreciate her. We appreciate you. Chance and I are both lucky uh, to have you. So we, we appreciate you and love you. Thank you. I want you guys to follow me on all social media. Uh, you can again, you can follow me on IG at C Monday. You can follow me on Facebook at Curtis R. Monday. Call my office, uh, the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency, to get your financial house in order at 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005. The game. Do you have game? The game 
How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor is now an eight-week online course starting January 4th. And in this course, eight weeks, students will have a walk away with an increased confidence in real estate investing. Two, they'll develop a framework for creating generational wealth. And three, they'll be in a position to purchase their first piece of a profitable real estate investment uh, property. If you're interested, I want you to call 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Uh, early enrollment uh, ends on 12-7. 10% discount if you sign up before 12-7. Only taking 10 people. Only taking 10 students this go around because I want to make sure that we're dedicated and attentive to these 10 so they can be uh, a model of success going forward. I've talked to a lot of people and, and I share these stories because I, one part of entrepreneurship, one part of starting any kind of endeavor um, is to, to hear. Faith comes by hearing. And if you can hear these stories, my, my, my hope and, and, and belief is that it motivates you in the right direction. Again, I told you last week that if, if God gave you a dream, if he gave you a vision, it's worth fighting for. Right. If you got a dream, if, you, if God has given you a dream, that dream is worth fighting for. And even if it means that you have to endure a season of discomfort in the pursuit of that. And so I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people as people tell me that they're interested in the course. We just don't accept everyone. We just want to make sure that it's a fit. It's a fit between what your objectives are uh, and then also what the course is offering. So when I have a, this chance to talk to people, I'm fascinated. And, and here's my here's what I've discovered that when I when I talk to people, uh, one is that people, everyone that I talk to have a story or in this case, let's call it a tale, a T-A-L-E. Everyone that I talk to have a tale. Right. But what they're lacking is a testimony. Follow me for a second. Everyone that I talk to has a tale. Right. I, I've heard tales of what their individual dreams are, right? I got the dream of creating generational wealth, Curtis. That's their tale. I, I've heard tales of I want to acquire knowledge about real estate investing so I can pass it on to somebody. That's a tale. I, I, I've heard tales of I want to use real estate to provide affordable housing for people. That's a tale. But what they're, what they're lacking is an actual testimony. Look at Foster. Georgia Foster, Georgia, Georgia Foster, calling me right now on the, on the station trying to get information. God bless you. I appreciate you. I, I, I've heard also tales. I've heard tales of why they can't do it. They got these dreams, these different tales of their dreams, but I've heard tales about why they can't do it. I've heard tales of I got bad credit. I heard tales that I don't have any money. I heard tales that I'm just a procrastinator and I never move on stuff. I've heard tales that I don't have the knowledge. What you now need, I've heard the tales, I've heard the tales of your dreams, what you want to do. I've heard the tales of what's stopping you, what's your obstacles. Now you got to get to the point where you have a, a testimony, where you transition from a tale to an actual testimony, right? And so now you, entrepreneur, whether it's real estate, whether it's starting your own dry cleaning business or online boutique clothing store, you need to develop a story of triumph, a story of hope, a story of inspiration, you first to get there from tale to testimony, you got to have a connector. 
you got to have something that bridges the gap between your tale of a dream, your tale of the obstacle that's stopping you from getting to your dream, and the actual testimony that gives you your hope, your inspiration, um, and the, the, the feel goodness of what you've done. And that connector is called action. You got to take action. You got to take action. You can articulate your dream on what that is, maybe entrepreneurially. In this case, we're talking about real estate investing, right? You got your, your tail that you can articulate to me why it hasn't happened. I'm a procrastinator. I don't have money. I don't have um, uh, credit. I, I get that. Now you need to take some kind of definitive action to bridge the gap between your tail in order to reach your testimony, your story of triumph, your story of victory, your story of hope, your story of inspiration. That action in this case is signing up for the course, right? Because the things I'm hearing, we can overcome that. I guarantee at the end you'll be better off in terms of more knowledge than what you were eight weeks. I guarantee that starting from the beginning of the eight weeks to the end of the eight weeks, when you get through with the eight weeks, you're going to be in a better position to be successful in this field than what you were before you started. But I don't care if it's real estate investing. I don't care if it's a t-shirt business. If it's a, uh, uh, if you, if you do a nails, hair boutique, uh, salon, I don't care what kind of business it is. If you have that in you, if that's your dream, if that's your aspiration, it's worth fighting for. It's worth a season of discomfort. It's worth the effort to go from having a tell as to what you want to do and why you can do it to put in the work in order to get to the other side. Listen to me right now. Mediocrity is a dream killer. Mediocrity is a dream killer. A lot of dreams have been lost because of a mediocre, a mediocre mindset. You have to think like a champion. Champions don't make excuses. Champions make adjustments. Make the adjustment. Find a way to pursue what it is you're going to do. All right. So again, 708-505-7072. I find myself a lot coaching these days about just the mindset to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy. If everyone, if it was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not easy. A couple of other points, uh, business related that I want to bring up this topic about business interruption. I get a lot of calls uh, at the Curtis on Money Insurance Agency about business interruption. Is it part of uh, your business policy? Again, as we know with COVID, a lot of small businesses have been um, um, decimated because they can't open, they can't operate. People aren't going out and, and are scared to be in crowds, and, and it's just a tough time for small businesses everywhere. And so a lot of individuals are going out of business because they don't have the revenue to pay the necessary expenses. I've heard this story in New York about this lady who used all her life savings to open up a swanky, nice restaurant in an upscale area in New York. Opened up in November, was doing great in November, December, and January, and then February, COVID kind of hit, and March was in full swing. And she was in literally in tears on the interview because uh, she didn't have enough revenue to pay her expenses. I think her, her rent alone was something like 30 or 40 K a month. It was something, you know, really, really high. And she had used all her life savings and to, she had worked her, her heart out to get to this point of opening up her, her own restaurant and was doing well. And then this unexpected disruptor called COVID kind of happened. And what she wanted to know with her insurance, uh, did it offer any protection in respect to business interruption? And the answer is no. Um, most policies, I don't know of any policy that gives business interruption for something like COVID. 
business interruption, a lot of times uh, covers things like if you have like a power outage, right? You have a power outage and you can't uh, have electricity in your, in your, in your office, or your business. And let's say the, the, you know, you're losing some income from that perspective. That's called a, that's a temporary kind of thing. You can get some kind of uh, restitution from your insurance company for that. Or you have a power outage and your freezer in your, in your store um, goes out and your, your products, if you're a store and you lose products, your meats or vegetables or something, and it goes bad, you can use your insurance for that. But there's nothing like that for COVID. In fact, if it were, the business uh, community or the insurance industry will go under. True story. If business policies or the business, uh, oh, I'm sorry, if the indus- if the insurance industry with their business policies offer protection for business interruption related to COVID, there would be no more insurance. Not 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 for business insurance, definitely. I, I got to imagine that it might spill over on the personal lines too. They, they just don't have the the without a bailout from from the, the government, the, the insurance company just wouldn't have the, the wherewithal to do it. They wouldn't have the financial um, reservoir to pay for it. So from that perspective, again, that's a question that I get a lot. Lastly, in, in this, on this topic, COVID-related and respect to business, uh, this thing about life insurance. Listen, if you're not going, if if you're not getting life insurance or, or taking out your life insurance to protect you and your family during COVID, you're probably never going to get life insurance because I, I don't know a better time for a person to actually do it. Two hundred sixty thousand people in the U.S. dead, some twelve, thirteen million affected. And, and here's my here's my thought. I don't have any kind of knowledge about this. This is not like. You know, me announcing some news. This is just me as an as a entrepreneur, an insurance professional, kind of seeing this for a number of years. I I think I would not be surprised if, as an industry, when it comes to life insurance, that COVID infections be looked at as a pre-existing condition. I would not be surprised at that at all. If if we stay on this trajectory that we're on right now, I would not be surprised that if a person tries to go get life insurance, and one of the questions is, have you ever had COVID? And in some safe form or fashion, that might impact your eligibility or even at a minimum your rate. Again, no knowledge about this. There haven't been in any meetings. Anybody told me this. But I just wouldn't be surprised. No different than that if you come to get a life insurance policy and we actually have diabetes, have you had cancer, you're either A, at a minimum, going to be table rated or charge a higher premium, or B, denied. Right. So, again, with the stats, 260,000 people pass have died already and counting some 12, 13 million people infected and counting. And the effects of what happens to you after you get over COVID, because, you know, it, it, it works different in everyone. It impacts everyone differently with that as a wild card also and not knowing where the insurance industry may go. If you ever thought about getting life insurance, you need to get it now. If you haven't been contracted, you hadn't been hit by COVID, God bless you, get some life insurance. Get it in place, get it in place now, while the variables you know are controllable, right? Control the things you can control. Variables are always unknown, but if you can control a variable, then you're one step ahead of the game. Call my office, 708-647-1005. At 935, we have the one and only... Professor Rasheed Carter uh, going to be joining us coming up after the break. We're going to be joined by one of our uh, illustrious alum, Mr. Jordan H. Sorrell. 
Director of Public Policy and Research at the Cook County for the Cook County Commissioner Stanley Moore of the Fourth District. You'll listen to the Urban Business Roundtable. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Give me a call live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. Call my office at 708-647-1005 to get your financial house in order. Coming up at 935, Professor Rasheed Carter, tenured professor of economics and business at Hare Washington College, will be joining us uh, to spend some time with us. Uh, hey, every other year, Aerial Investments and WVON uh, acknowledges 40 outstanding local business, civic, and community leaders and their induction into a very exclusive club that we call the Game Changers. Now, these individuals represent the next generation of black leadership in Chicago. This year's theme uh, is Black Excellence Matters. And over the next few weeks, uh, over the past few weeks, rather, I've had the opportunity to introduce uh, a lot of the illustrious alum uh, who are part of this great group. Uh, and also new this year, you'll get a chance to see the induction of these individuals into uh, this fraternity uh, on Vaughn TV. 2020 has truly been a very uh, overwhelming year for most of us. But for these next 40 young individuals who uh, are going to join this group of individuals, I want to say congratulations. Uh, and we applaud you for your success. Uh, the 40 Game Changers has been an exclusive feature of the Urban Business Roundtable, and this year is presented by our friends at BMO Harris Bank. Um, my next guest, uh, again, is one of our um, great alum uh, and part uh, of this organization, uh, part of this group. Uh, he's considered a true collaborator and thrives in helping small businesses, local government, and not-for-profits stay focused and connected while executing large-scale programs. He's able to challenge those he works with while bringing out the best in others. Our next guest believes that all things are possible when passion, purpose, and community meet. I want to say good morning to my guest, Mr. Jordan H. Sorrell. Good morning to you, Jordan. How you doing? Morning, Curtis. I'm doing well. How about yourself this morning? So, and I'm blessed, man. I'm happy that, that I'm up and having a chance to have a conversation with you. And as I tell all my guests, that as we have this dialogue, I, I pray that you and family and everyone that you love and in your circle are healthy and safe during this tough uh, COVID pandemic. No, I definitely appreciate that. I know God's been faithful. God's always been good, and God will continue to be so, for not only for myself, but for you and everybody that's listening right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we as a country, we just came off uh, a very historic election. It seems like it's never ending because the outgoing president just won't kind of let it go. But when I saw your title, Jordan, uh, Director of Public Policy and Research, for our listening audience who may not know what that means, describe to us what your day-to-day -day functions are and, and what you do in your role. Sure. So simply put, I work for... His name is Cook County Commissioner Stanley Moore. He's in the 4th District, which serves uh, parts of the South Side and all the way up to Lansing. As a part of his role in serving 300,000 residents, he does two things and a part of the um, Cook County Board of Commissioners. Number one is to make sure that there's uh, resources and programs that serve our 5.2 million residents. That's from things that you were talking about in terms of like business assistance and business development. Um, quite often your property taxes. We provide one of the largest health care, public health care systems through Stroger Hospital and County Care, which is through the Affordable Care Act. 
your, where you go every day for your force reserves. And so sim- simply put, as a commissioner, in, in my job is to make sure that he's equipped to, ma- to make sound decisions that affect people's lives on a daily basis here in Cook County and across the uh, suburban area. Sure, sure. Important job. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about two areas that you touched on here in Cook County. And I want you to kind of just from your purview, give our listening audience an, an, an idea of what's our what's our status. Uh, let's talk about health care and in respect to COVID-19 and, and what we're seeing as cases, you know, uh, rise. How are we doing right now in, in, in Cook County in respect to our response in COVID? Um, so right now, and credit goes to our Cook County Board President, Tony Pretwinkle, our county, um, Cook County Health, and their Cook County Department of Public Health. They've been doing everything with the money through the federal government to provide resources, so that's COVID testing and other things, so addressing food security and others with the pandemic. However, though, we have seen a rise in cases that's going on. So there's two things that go on. It's the, the number of people that are um that's called positivity. And then unfortunately you have what's called, you know, individual that's passed away. We have seen rising cases and that's due to a number of factors. Um, but we're doing everything we can to provide, you know, the resources support and particularly in the black and Latinx communities that are much more significantly impacted because of just a lot of things historically from food insecurity, you know, um, housing issues, um, lack of um, quality paying jobs, um, a number of things, but we're trying to do everything we can, and we've done a lot of support through about $400 million to provide these type of services during this time, but we still have a lot of work to go through as we go through this third wave, not only here in Cook County, but nationally. Absolutely. As a small business owner, the, the health and uh, the overall well-being of small business is a very important topic to me. Uh, early on in the pandemic, I uh, I benefited like most other small businesses with uh, PPP money, and then also with uh, a dis- uh, economic disaster relief uh, funds from uh, the SBA. But we we've seen um, on on Capitol Hill uh, a reluctance to come together to provide more. Um, uh, funds for the people who are impacted and small businesses fall in that category. What's kind of going on with our small businesses, Jordan, here in, in, in the county? And, and do we have anything that, that on the county level that we're doing to help small businesses? Sure. So through um, the Cook County Bureau of Economic Development that works with small businesses and also commercial um, companies, we've, we've provided in the first round over $20 million to individuals in suburban Cook County because in the South suburbs and the Northwest suburbs, Western suburbs, we were seeing those hardest hit. And so we were providing support and technical assistance through um, nonprofit organizations. And also we still, through our budget that we passed, um, just passed this uh, past November, we're providing additional investments through the equity, our equity investment um, vehicle to give more resources to businesses. We know that we're still in a um, pandemic and a lot of businesses are going to need to have capital. A lot of businesses are going to need to have access to customers and quite frankly, resources that the government through its uh, power and of leverage and through public and private partnerships will be essential to help weather through these uh, tough economic conditions. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. What you could, you're obviously bright, uh, extremely intelligent and, uh, and motivated. How did you get involved in the role that you're doing now? What was the interest? What was the connection? What what was the, the, the salient point in your life that said, this is, I want my life work to kind of be in this vein? 
So it goes back to um, I grew up in the Bronzeville area. So my mother, who's been a retired now school teacher for 35 years, Chicago Public Schools always taught me about the value of service. There's a quote that says, service is a price we pay for the space we occupy on this earth. And so taking that, you know, going on uh, to get my degree at Notre Dame, I always had that service mindset. And so carrying that forth. And some of the roles I've had, I was the past president of 100 Black Men of Chicago. I led an organization called the New Year's Council of Chicago. I always understood and felt what the needs of the, not only the people were, but how to use my voice and, quite frankly, my privilege to make an impact. And so through, um, you know, God and others, I was then given this opportunity to help um, an individual that's a dynamic a leader and Commissioner Stanley Moore, who does issues such as real estate, criminal justice, um, minority women business enterprise, so with contract compliance, because I saw that there's there's a way and opportunity to make a difference, even though it's, it, it may be, as you mentioned in your past segment, you may have to go through some, some seasons and moments, but those seasons and moments are meant for a greater purpose. And the greater purpose is every day, every minute of my life, I live for significance and influence of of those that look like me and, and others. And so this is giving me opportunity to do so. And I'm looking to leverage forward, not only in my role, but my, my civic life to do that as well too. Cause I, I, I believe, and I will have a significant legacy on the city. And so just trying to learn it and put it all together to do the best I can. Absolutely brother. Well, as we had this conversation, I want to encourage you to keep on the, the path you're headed. You're doing awesome work. We're going to put you on hold and make sure that we connect. The The engineer will give you my, my information. Let's stay in tune. If I could ever be a resource to you, man, make the call. But God bless you, and thank you again, and congratulations for being a, a 40 Game Changer alum. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you as well, and I congratulate all the other alumni as well because we have a mantle responsibility. Let's carry that forth each and every day to make the impact and the change that we want to be not only for ourselves but for those that we service. Well said. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we've got the one and only Professor Rasheed Carter here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Can trap my body, but can never trap my mind. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me at 708-647-1005. The game. The game, how to become a successful real estate investor, is now an eight-week online course. If you're looking to create a framework for creating generational wealth via real estate, looking to feel more confident about real estate investing, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Our next guest uh, is a tenured professor of economics and business at Harold Washington College, and he serves as lead faculty with Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses National and Chicago programs. He is also he was also just elected to his third term as treasurer of the Cook County College Teachers Union. Now, forget that stuff. Listen, he is arguably one of the smartest people, arguably one of the most smartest and intelligent people that I've ever met in my life. Um, one of the most sincere and authentic people that I've ever had the pleasure to meet. I'm proud to be able to call him one of my very best friends, a brother. Been with me since Dollars and Cents. You know him. Needs no introduction. He's an alum of the 40 Game Changers, the one and only Professor Rasheed Carter. Good morning to you, Professor Carter. Good morning, Mr. Monday. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This is not even work, man. Like, this I, is... <laughs> 
Right. This is what we do on a day to day basis. Right. This is what we do on a day. We literally talk every day, a couple of times a day, either verbally via text message in some safe form or fashion. So, again, I know how you're doing, but continued success and, and, and peace and blessings and health to, to you and the family, uh, Rashid. Well, no, you know what? I appreciate that. And as as we say this, or as you gave me the lead up in that wonderful introduction, which really is a, is a, is a humbling thing, cause, and I appreciate uh, you being able to uh, describe uh, me and my growth over time, because the thing that we've been able to see is how we both evolved. I think um, we're going to be celebrating 30 years of friendship, mm. um, actually, um, when the new year comes in. And um, that's very monumental. But I also want to just extend some plaudits to you for all of your achievements. I mean, in your professional career as an entrepreneur um, and your endeavors as a um, the, the creator of all things, whether it be um, your own uh, school, whether it be uh, you being a um, accomplished writer now, um, you've created a family in very profound ways. You just you, you are the very essence of an entrepreneur and innovator. And I want to applaud you for everything that you've accomplished and that you keep accomplishing, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother, man. I, I appreciate you. Professor Carter, let's dig right into it. I mean, so many things I could talk to you about. Um, let's talk about the economy. You know, we're, we're still we're still in the midst of COVID-19. We've seen cases are consistently rising, some 260K in terms of people have lost their lives, some 12, 13 million people I lose track now have been infected. The economy still in life support. We don't have any kind of indication uh, from Congress in respect to help on the way. Put our help our listening audience have a framework to, as to where we really are with the economy and what you see. Yeah, the well, if you if you take a look at things, um, well, I think this is a very timely conversation because over the past week, uh, the most recent jobs report uh, came out, and what we saw was that um, the net gain in jobs across the nation has diminished. Uh, compared to where we were last month. And that's been an ongoing theme since the uh, CARES Act was passed, of course, in the summertime. And so the last time that Congress approved and passed legislation that infused trillions of dollars into the economy, what we saw predictably was a bump up in economic activity to the extent that over the summer we actually saw a net positive gain of over um, a million jobs created throughout the economy. And jobs are important because they're a bellwether for the health of the economy. And so we saw the economy actually go from um, a state of extreme vulnerability, job loss, business suffering, to one where business activity ramped up, more jobs are created. And that sort of sustained us through the summertime, right, as the uh, Congress passed um, a, the legislation that allowed for households to receive expanded unemployment benefits or enhanced unemployment benefits, um, stimulus check, business were able to um, get uh, access to PPP and idle loans. And so um, that uh, created a, a level of business activity, which is essential to the economy, caused the economy to grow. And then, of course, people were able to work and spend money and um, um, it buoyed the economy for an extended period of time. But as we all know, uh, political stasis has set in, and we haven't really seen an, a reinfusion of uh, money into the economy since then. And so, of course, the impact of the first CARES Act has started to wane, and you can make an argument that it's entirely um, sort of passed at this point. And now the economy is still in a very vulnerable state because the pandemic 
still um, has uh, stifled business activity. People are still not going out. They're not spending money as they once were. And so uh, what we find is that um, jobs are, the job reports are being underreported. Uh, and so um, the next job report that comes out in the beginning of next year, first quarter next year, is probably going to see us uh, with a net negative uh, job report, which means that we're going to actually uh, be losing jobs at that point and uh, business activity is going to continue to be stifled. And what makes that really amazing is that this is usually the time of year where you see um, most companies go into the black, right, because it's the, the Christmas holiday season. So you usually see businesses increase their revenue base, you usually see um, employment ramp up. But, again, because of the pandemic and because people are still very hesitant to go out and conduct business as usual, we're actually seeing the opposite. This is a time where Congress should act, infuse the economy with money, which is why you see Pelosi and, um, and uh, McConnell uh, sounding a little bit more contrite and, when, and dealing with one another because they understand the urgency of things, and we're probably going to see an almost trillion-dollar stimulus package passed, but in my mind, that time is long past. We should have done this months ago, right? Um, but hopefully we get something done within the next month. If we don't, then things will continue to, um, of course, be um, worse than they sure. are now. If you, Professor Carter, if, if you were uh, uh, the day after the inauguration, if you found yourself uh, in a meeting with uh, President-elect Biden uh, talking about economic policy and, and things that are needed to get our economy in the right direction. What advice would you give him? Yeah, you know, so I think the first thing that he has done has been very important. And you've noticed that what President-elect Biden has done is message around COVID-19 and the fact that he's going to be a responsible steward of the actual health of the nation. And so him making a, uh, a plea to Americans without mandating it officially to wear masks for the first hundred days of his presidency. What he did when he, when he made that announcement is that he's sending a signal uh, of stability to the larger populace to say, look, I want you guys to wear masks. I want us to be safe. If we can look after the health of the nation, then we can get on a track to where the economy can operate in more stable terms. Well, what the thing that we need until the vaccine comes online and starts to stabilize the health of the country is we need um, all of uh, the, the, the people who comprise our economy to just be more responsible when it comes to facilitating each other's health. So wearing masks, making certain that we're socially distancing. This is something we talked about months ago. He needs to be a leader. We should have had a leader who, who um, <laughs> uh, propagated that message. Right. But, of course, we had one who advocated that message. So Biden getting out on, ahead of that, if we have a, a healthier, safer way that we engage with one another, then economic activity can then be bolstered. And what you can do is you can, of course, um, scaffold on top of that a set of policies where Congress is um, uh, regularly infusing the economy with money. You instill a sense of confidence and hope um, and, and a, a sense of safety in people's mindset, which will allow them to go out and spend money um, and do the things that uh, approximate normalcy. And, and that's the trajectory we, we need to be on. And I think in the first part of next year, that's what's happening. So if I had a chance to talk to Biden, I would say exactly what you just described. Make certain that you send a message of good health practices uh, within the context of the pandemic. And then, of course, um, you want to be able to continue to negotiate with Congress to carefully and strategically infuse the economy with money supporting small businesses and households with the resources they need to um, stimulate business activity in the next uh, few months until the vaccine is online. And like I said, proliferates uh, throughout the economy in a way that uh, is allowing us to return to a state of normalcy. Absolutely. Now, one of the things you do, Professor Carter, you um, you spearhead 
uh, a program for small businesses, um, uh, partnering with the city colleges in Goldman Sachs. I'm curious, as you have the recent cohorts uh, in the program, how I'm I, I, how are they equipped with getting ready to operate their businesses in light of COVID nineteen? Like, has the messaging and their preparation in the business program taken into impact the realities of what they may be facing with as they conduct their small businesses? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, and um, the answer is yes. Um, I can't really um, make a broad sweeping claim as to the efficacy of the program to um, each and every singular um, business owner that we deal with, right? Everybody's experience is quite different. Um, but in, in general terms, the, um, the core curriculum and the, uh, the sort of wraparound supports that we provide small business owners hasn't um, appreciably changed. Um, and it's because, and this is one of the metrics that I, I share with a lot of our small business owners, is that if you look at um, the trajectory of small business growth and operation um, over the say the past thirty years um, if you if you look at the businesses who succeed and fail, uh, what you 'll find is that um, the the success of small businesses uh, is independent of macroeconomic concerns that is that uh, despite recessions despite economic expansion, small businesses typically um, increase in performance because of and due to the decision making of its owner slash manager so um, what we do is we try to embolden our owners to uh, understand that regardless of how the macro economy is operating at any given point in time, uh, there is always going to be a set of opportunities and challenges that you're facing. And so you have to be prepared and strategic about how uh, I'm speaking as if I'm a small business owner now about how you make decisions um, at all times, taking into consideration that there are going to be ebbs and flow in economic performance. And so, uh, for instance, one of the things that we uh, teach them is uh, making certain that you do risk assessments uh, regularly so that you can anticipate risks before they come and uh, prepare mitigation strategies so that when those risks present themselves, at the least, you'll be able to um, lessen the impact of those risks on your business. And at, at the most, you'll be able to actually exploit some of um, those challenging uh, times uh, and the opportunities that they might present. And within that context, what we find is um, we have business owners that are simply in a state of triage where they're keeping things together because their businesses are vulnerable. But out of that, once they use some of the stratagems that we provide them, what they find is our opportunities uh, present themselves. And so we have owners of escape rooms who um, hemorrhaged money and couldn't survive, and then they went to the program and they found that they were able to change their business model. And instead of bringing in uh, consumers off the street, they started to deal with in the virtual space and um, bring in clients like Google and Amazon. We've had small business owners who've been able to take advantage of franchise opportunities in different parts of the country as restaurateurs, um, not necessarily bringing businesses, uh, bringing customers into the physical store, but again, um, focusing more on the catering and delivering aspect of their business, right? Again, there's a lot of opportunity for businesses to pivot and take advantage of these very trying times and exploit the opportunities inherent within them, but you have to have the mindset and then the skills and tools necessary to create value despite whatever sort of macro challenges you might be faced with. Good information, Professor Carter. As always, brother, man, we appreciate you and all the work that you, that you do. For those small business owners who may want some information about uh, the Goldman Sachs program or just to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? Where can they get more information? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I would typically say you could find me at Harold Washington College just hanging out on a day-to-day basis, but that's not happening, sir. And so when you, you can find me. If you want to find out more about the um, 10,000 Small Businesses Program, you can go to 10ksbchicago.com, and um, the website is there. There's application. There's um, prep materials. There's all the information you need. Um, you can also find me through the various um, social media instruments that all of us are accustomed, accustomed to, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for Rashid Carter. Um, and then you can also look for me at cccpu.org. Um, uh, that's where, of course, I do some of my treasurer work with the Cook County College Teachers Union. So um, just look for my name, and trust me, I'm never too far away. All right, my brother, Professor Rashid Carter, we thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Keep up the good work, sir. All right. Man, great alum. Uh, great alumni here with um, uh, the 40 game changes. Jordan uh, H. Sorrell, Director of Public Policy and Research, Cook County Commissioners. Stanley Moore's Office of the 4th District, and also the one and only Professor Rasheed Carter, Tenure Professor of Economics and Business at Harold Washington College. That wraps us up this week for the Urban Business Roundtable. I want to say thanks for everyone that makes the Urban Business Roundtable happen each and every single week. Our producer, uh, Sonia Levine, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. We never see her, but she's always around, so we appreciate Sonia. My man, Mighty Titus, on the ones and twos, we appreciate you for what you do. I want you guys to keep it locked. I'll take a quick hour break, and I'll be back at 11 a.m. with the one and only E.J. Williams on She Flips, He Flips, the real estate investment show. We help you create a blueprint to using real estate to create generational wealth. If you are interested in getting more confident in real estate investing, getting that framework for creating generational wealth, and being in a position to purchase a profitable investment property, sign up for the game how to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, eight-week course. Call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan Monday, Daddy Loves You. Say what you want to about me, but I always know that I did it my way. God bless. <laughs>